Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Esquivel. Welcome back to Super Friends. I am joined today by a guy who is a playwright, a comic book author, and a general uh, man of action, Alex Wallenitz. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. I really, really, really am excited today to talk about the piece that you brought. So let's talk about what your favorite Superman story is. So yeah, uh, we were sort of talking about different things, and I was sort of like, oh, what I always thought, like Superman's like background and his, like the fact that he was created by Jews was interesting. Yeah. And I'm like... Didn't he, like, beat up Hitler once? Mm-hmm. And I looked it up, and he doesn't actually beat up Hitler. It's not the Captain America thing, which is... Yeah, not, not a punch in the jaw. Yeah, he threatens it, though. He threatens it, but yeah. he doesn't... Which is, I think... In, we'll, we'll talk about that. I want to... Let's go get tattoos after this. Yes. Of that panel. Um, so it's from uh, this weird th- uh, two-page comic from Look Magazine. Yeah. It's entitled How Superman Would End the War. From February 1940. So we're two years into Superman. And, and this is, like, a, a, a bio article about Siegel and Schuster which it's like is a cool. promo piece yeah and they're like there's this new kid in town and it's sweeping the nation he's called Superman and they talk about how like Americans like their fantasy raw I like how they described him you know they're like he's this two-fisted man of action as opposed to just I think kids like yeah, yeah yeah but they're talking it up like it's this cool like playboy sophisticated kind of thing yeah and I really like that in the modern era we're like oh that boy scout he's so lame but back in the day he was like throwing around um you know evil people like landlords who charge too much money and, yes. hit it, and like fighting like people who beat their wives and stuff and he was this like social avenging angel yeah and i think it's interesting because a lot of the comics during that era were more viscerally gross sometimes and like had that stuff and superman was not and mm-hmm. i think sometimes you forget that they were not all boy scouts but the comic books that era kind of went all over the place. Yeah, and the perspective of the the creators really informed them. Like Siegel yes. and Schuster are amazing. That's what this this whole thing is about. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the the basically the comic is that they're just fighting a war, and Superman just like kidnaps Hitler and Stalin and takes them to the League of Nations, that esteemed, still standing institution, the League of Nations, and yeah. It's amazing. So it's a two-page comic that uh, wasn't in DC Comics. It was made exclusively for Look Magazine by Siegel and Schuster, and they were allowed to use the Superman character in an agreement with National. Yeah. And um, it, the first panel is him actually in like the trench that we see in Wonder Woman, right? Oh, yeah, totally. The No Man's Land. Yeah. So I think that movie might have even pulled from this, where we see Superman there actually fighting on, on like boots on the ground, fighting against Nazis, Yeah. which is really exciting. I, I wish that in the modern era... We had stuff like that. Like, I would love to see him fighting Al Qaeda. <laughs> I would love to see him more of like taking an active role in a real world scenario. Yeah, and I mean, we can get into this a little bit more. But like, the interesting thing is that like, this is still early in the war. Mm-hmm. It's like U.S. is not really that boots on the ground yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there were there was a huge divide over whether to enter the war and not enter the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into this a little bit more. But there was a huge issue for American Jews didn't want to be seen as overly promoting intervention. Yeah. Um, they wanted to. They wanted the U.S. government to intervene, but they were sort of still new immigrants and didn't want to seem like they were subversively controlling things. They didn't or, want to stand out. Right. Yeah. Um, so they, like, 
pressured it, but they didn't want to come out too much. And almost there was this movement of like, no, don't go in Europe because we are here and we don't want you to hate us mm-hmm. if it goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so oh, God, it's, what a hard position to be in if an American Jew. Yeah, yeah. So there's sort of like a soft influence thing where it's like, we as Jews are not saying you should go fight in Europe, but Superman can go. Yeah. Yes. This is the first time that Superman refers to himself as non-Aryan too, yes, which I really yes. liked. He he picks. He's like Hitler. I'd like to to land a non-Aryan punch on your jaw, but instead, and he he takes him over to, to the put me down. Court. You're hurting me. Is the yeah. It's so awesome. So because like we talked about before the podcast, the name Superman comes yeah. from what uh, Nietzsche. Yeah, the Ubermensch. Yeah, the Ubermensch, which, which inspired, is, which is like I think ultimately nihilistic view of like humanity is like. Society is bad. We need to completely reconstruct society to make this perfect mm-hmm. man who does all of this stuff. Who's above good and evil, which yes. is like a, a nonsense, cowardly, 14-year-old, edgy boy yes. way to think about reality beyond uh, good and evil. Yeah. Nonsense. So I think like the – what's interesting is that like they've now changed the translation of Ubermensch to like the overman, mm-hmm. like the greater man. But when Simon Schuster – like when this came out – Siegel and Schuster, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Not – Yeah. Uh, they that the tra- I looked this up. The translation in that era was the Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was even though we now we're like, no, it's not Superman. No, they, that's what they were. It's like how ballsy is that that they they took this name that was being used against them, these like two Jewish teenagers. Yeah, and it's like they flipped the narrative. Like, no, a Superman would be someone who defends the weak, who believes in truth and justice and the American way. And like, this is an actual Superman. Here, we're gonna we're gonna refute that claim with our own. And, yeah. And there's one ultimately. How amazing is that? No, it's bonkers. And I think like when you ask me, come on, and I'm like, I never vibe with Superman that much. Mm-hmm. And I think I refer to him as Goyesha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> At least Clark Kent persona. Yes. Said, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think Superman is Goyesha. Clark okay. Kent isn't. Oh, okay. That, I think that's my... That's interesting. And translation Goyesha is just Yiddish for just Goy, which is just anyone that's not Jewish. Basically. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I'll try and make sure... I'll stay away from the Yiddish. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. I like it. I like it. So I'm having you on. This is awesome. Um, but yeah, for me, it was always like... Well, I think in some ways... It was on purpose mm-hmm. that Superman was the perfect American, that he did justice for right and for good. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it was like, I guess, like 11 year old anti imperialist Alex. Yeah. Like, didn't necessarily vibe with that. Sure. Where it's like, yeah. And, like, yes, America should be good. It's not, mm-hmm. bleh, like, something interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like in this podcast, your podcast, it's like a lot of people being like, Secretly, well, I was actually a, more of a Batman fan. <laughs> yeah, as if I'm going like, to flip a table immediately. Yeah. yeah. And I was trying to figure that out. Like, why am I more of a Batman fan than a Superman guy? And I think literally, I'm like, I'm not going to analyze this. I think it's because Batman the Animated Series came out in like 94. Sure. So I think I just watched a lot of that in syndication. Why do you think people compare? Like, it's so well, weird the, the, that when the, you mention Superman, people immediately start talking about Batman. They don't talk about Spider-Man or Green Lantern yeah. or Wonder Woman. Well, They're just like, the, Batman. The, the DC thing, I think. I mean, like, I think I was a bigger Spider-Man fan than both. Sure, sure. But I think they are, like, a weird shadow of each other. Okay. But I think, to be fair to myself and not overanalyze it, I think it was just the animated Superman came out in 96. Sure. And I was then in Pokemon. Sure, sure. So I got the Batman thing a couple of years before. Yeah. I get real pretentious with it, and I always think that, like, narrative is a means by which human beings uh, supplement whatever feeling they don't have in their life. Yeah. So when we grew up in sort of peaceful times in the 90s where America wasn't like at war or anything we the darker element 
was very exciting and enticing to us because yes. we didn't have that naturally. So having things like Sandman and Death and Batman and the whole goth culture and the Matrix, we were supplementing that because life was kind of great. And then and then in areas like the 1940s or now where it's really bleak and dark, Superman's getting popular again. Yeah. And like and Wonder Woman's getting popular yeah, it's again. It's like I wanted like oh Wonder Woman wins with nonviolence. It's yeah. great. Like oh I love this. Like me now wants more of that. Sure. It's like tired of the cynical perspective. And in this it. story, Superman beats Hitler with nonviolence. It's yes. amazing. Well, and then he doesn't even like, he just like grabs them and just like, here's justice, deal with them, as mm. opposed to, it's literally like hoping that like legislatively we can resolve this. Yeah. As opposed to. It's more American way than vigilantism, right? He puts them before a tribunal. Yes. And he's like, democratically, we'll, we'll handle a this. A world tribunal where it's like, we're all going to decide this. It's just, yeah. If we all sat down and talked, mm-hmm. we can figure this out. And they even talk in the bottom of the last page of that comic, like in the margins of the bottom, that this is a commonplace thing for Superman, that he, like they've had issues in the actual comic proper where he's taken two chieftains from warring tribes and put them together. I love the sense he once stopped a war in quote, somewhere in South America. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're sort of nebulous about it. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the weirdest thing about this entire thing is it never mentions they're Jews. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's a part of the story that is kind of glossed over a lot, Yeah, which is insane to me. Like, that's that informs the character so deeply. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think, I want to keep this, like, in perspective, I am one Jew, I am not a... You count Jewish. as two Jews to me. Yeah, okay, I like thank you. So much. you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to just like make sure that going forward, like my Jewish experience is I'm not speaking for oh, absolutely. all Jews. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not a sanctioned mouthpiece of anybody. You're yourself. Yes. Like, any, any, other, any other guest in the podcast talking about your own life and your own experience. Yes. Yeah. But like when I talk about like Jewish inspiration, it, this is my interpretation of it. This okay. is not I, gotcha. copyright. Copy, like, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the, they, uh, Siegel and Schuster were children of immigrants mm-hmm. uh they came end of the 19th century uh through the there was a big wave of jewish immigration mm-hmm. uh, it's actually when my dad's father moved from uh was in belarus then palestine then came to america oh, so wow. it's a similar time cool um and it was sort of this moment of like mass immigration where they let a lot of people in mm-hmm. and then in the 20s there was a huge backlash against it yeah um, so they're writing this series in a time where they're seeing a lot of anti-Semitism and a mm-hmm. lot of anti-immigration rhetoric coming out nationally. I wonder what that's like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're sort of writing this reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and the comic book industry at that time was basically a lot of artists and writers who came to New York couldn't get hired by most of the advertising agencies mm-hmm. or art places because they were jewish yeah yeah so they the comic book industry was basically the only people that would take them guys would change their names too like kurtzberg became kirby yeah Jack sure. kirby. I, I wrote them down like the joke is always like that stan lee was stanley lieber like yep. just literally his name yep 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 <laughs> and it's like i mean john stewart still does that now mm-hmm. like it's jonathan stewart Lebowitz. yeah yeah frank black does that too like schwartz right is that actually his name yeah, yeah joe simon was jaime simone yep. like they are jews yeah yeah uh, yeah and it, uh, Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which is a great book, sort of. I love that. Does a fictionalized version of what the industry was like back then. Yeah. Superman, you know, my experience is like I'm a Chicano guy, and, and like we're in a period right now where we're, we're not anywhere near 
what you guys experienced at all as, as the Jewish community, but it's it's scary the parallels that we're having. And like guys, like I loved George Perez when I was a kid, and he used to just he used to leave the tilde the accent mark off yeah. of his name to get more work. And like guys, like like Jose Garcia, uh, whatever. There's a bunch of guys who have like changed their names or shortened them, been mis- miscredited throughout the years, and it's and it's a weird balancing act because like they know that people who share that that background are going to know. Yeah. It's like this weird whistle, like, we can't make everyone know this, but you know I'm this. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. The, the little the bits of Hebrew they sneak in, into the Kryptonian language. Yeah, like, Kal El is Hebrew from, like, mouth of God. Like, yeah, I love that. It's little winks and nods yeah. to the community when, in a time when, like, you couldn't go full out, unfortunately. Yeah, and, like, uh, I, I wrote some stuff down just because I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Siegel wrote for a time under another pseudonym of Hugh Langley, which is just, like, the most... <laughs> Like ridiculous name, mm-hmm. um, and I actually found this thing. I didn't know uh, Zisha Breitbart. You know about that? No. So he was like this, like he was called like the Jewish strongman, and he like went around to, like circuses and stuff in oh, the twenties cool. and thirties, yeah. And was just, like this big burly Jewish Jew, mm-hmm. and like they were writing that like there's no way that Siegel and Schuster didn't see this guy as oh kids. cool cool. And like, if you look at him, like it kind of looks like Superman, like he's this big. Didn't he like wear like the red trunks outside? Yeah, and, like he, the costume looks sort of like, like that. Yeah, again, Kevlar and Clay stole all of this. Yeah, and yeah. just like made it a fictionalized version. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like they were sort of like looking at this image and then making it into something that was acceptable mm-hmm. to Americans. Do you think that they wanted to make Clark Kent a Jewish character, and the, an editor told them no? Or do you think that they just never pitched that because it was unimaginable? Yeah, or? I don't think it was. I don't think it would have worked. I don't think kids would have. It was primarily for kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think kids would have gone it. Um, Why is that? I mean, I think you want to make something at that era for kids that the idea of like, oh, this character is this that's different. Is mm-hmm. there, you're not going to explain the difference between religions, but sure. this idea of this outsider mm-hmm. who comes in out of nowhere and is hated but then does good things, yeah. kids will understand that. Yeah, it's so universal. Like we're talking about like being a Mexican guy, like the idea of an immigrant coming here. He's, he's literally an undocumented immigrant, yes. Kent, and like that's really powerful. And he, he, it's just such an American story that any, any – uh, ethnicity can like glob onto right. and be like oh that's why, me well i'm glad he's not jewish like i'm glad mm-hmm. that anyone can put themselves on him yeah they don't explicitly make him anything there's been times when they're like he's protestant and everyone's like shut up like he's whatever i <laughs> yes. want him to be he, calm his, down his original religion is what we want america to be his, his religion yes. is truth justice in the american way right. and there's nothing more beautiful than that and everyone has a different definition of american way mm-hmm. which can be good or bad <laughs> i've always thought that it was explicitly uh, that you can come here and become anything. Of like, course. Because, like, that's he's an immigrant on a rocket. And, like, that's the whole thing that he fights for is, like, the, the, the little man. And yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's, like, there's tons of, like, Moses imagery yeah. of putting the child in the basket mm-hmm. and sending it out and being adopted by non Jews. Yeah. But then at a time returning to what was his original goal. Yeah. Almost accidentally. Like, he. Yeah, exactly. As a Jewish guy, can I ask you, does it bum you out all the messianic imagery where he's like just Christ all the time? Like in the movies, they have yeah. like kind of a stained glass window. That yeah. really bums me out. I mean, to be fair, like, I think you can make an argument for it as interpretation. Like, Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. can't ignore that of part. Of course, of course. Um, So I think, like, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, different art is can't do a different reflection of him. Sure, sure. But I think I think they're the last couple of, like, major Superman movies miss out on that humanity part of him mm-hmm. where they make him into this deified figure mm-hmm. and remove his humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a Jew, but like reading about what Jesus said is a lot more interesting because it's a lot more complicated. Yeah, yeah. And we turn him into this just as like perfect person. It 
eh. But when you see like, oh, he fought bankers and mm-hmm. sort of had all these weird and hung out transgressive with things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like a rebel and you get the personality of him. He's a much more inspirational figure. Mm-hmm. So when you just see like Superman is just this like glazed over eyes over everything. Sure, sure. You're just like, no, that he should be human. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like I think the Clark Kent character is more Jewish than Superman. Can we talk about that? That's so interesting to me, the duality of those characters and how you perceive his like ethnicity expressed through that. And Yeah, so I think, like, first of all, he's a writer. Yeah. Which is what, I mean, a lot of my friends are journalists, and I'm a creative writer, and there's a lot of similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, journalist is, like, the approved, we're writing about comic book writers, <laughs> but we can't say that, so journalist is kind of close. Sure, sure, sure. And I think... Clark Kent is this guy who is very quiet and very interned, like mm-hmm. turning in on himself mm-hmm. and literally just like hiding his muscles, yeah, and putting yeah. on glasses. He's very like nebbishy. <laughs> and I again, like, like he's like very like weak and nervous and scared. Um, and that's those are qualities you associate with being a, well, a Jewish think, American? Yes. Well, I think that's how they were feeling a little bit. Where uh-huh. They didn't want to be noticed. Yeah, yeah. Had, keeping your head down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 40s? Why, why would you do that in the 40s? Yeah. Um, and I think a really interesting commentary on this um, is in Watchmen. Because mm-hmm. I think people go to like, oh, Alan Moore's making commentary on all of the major superheroes. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Manhattan is Superman. Mm-hmm. It's what is if this man who controlled everything, why did he still care mm-hmm. and that's a cool view of superman but i think the dan driver clark kent connection okay is the much more interesting one all right let's talk about that that's great which is that basically he's this guy who doesn't have good self-esteem mm-hmm. is very beaten down but that i mean to be fair like is so repressed that he can't like be sexual or attractive until he's wearing his costume yeah, like, yeah. he's literally impotent until he takes on this other image of himself. yeah yeah uh, and like driver, it's Clark Kent. It's that same. Uh, what's the word for same sound, but not the same letter? I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dan Dryberg, it's the same superhero yeah, thing. Yeah. And he's like needs to have that thing where he can escape to. But mm-hmm. in his own life, he is sort of like this repressed, scared guy. Sure, sure. And those those more positive qualities, those more like masculine qualities, he doesn't associate as being genuine. Like right. that, it's a costume. He puts, exactly. he puts on a cape and then he's that. I think Clark stops mumbling when he's Superman. Yeah, you know, it's his podcast voice when he's Superman. And, yeah, yeah. I think like I think I'd love to see more of Superman as he is the naturally bumbling one. Mm-hmm. That that is more of an act that he puts on. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's you see a lot of Superman and not enough of Clark Kent sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've always felt that Superman was his highest self. It's who he's aspiring to be. And and like when he forgets to bring home milk, he's like. Dang it, Clark. But yeah. then when he like remembers to tell his mom happy birthday, he's like, that Superman did that. It's all the positive qualities he associates with Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but I think like the the struggle of him is cool. And I, I, I don't say like I'm tired of like depressed Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Like I need Superman to be positive. But I want to see him. I think, you know what? I think maybe the reason the Batman thing can, comes up a lot mm-hmm. is I think you is that you see like Bruce putting on the costume. Sure. And that the image is always, this is, he is Batman. That Superman secret identity is Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. But I want to see Superman as the identity of Clark Kent sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I think he wants to live as Clark Kent. Yeah, and there's a lot of things he can do that are really powerful as Clark that Superman couldn't do. Like the journalism stuff. That's why he loves Lois Lane. Right? Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. As a writer, he has uh, more of a reach than even Superman does. Yeah. 
And I, I actually think it's interesting him being a journalist because working with friends who are journalists, like I always say, like they can tell me the story mm-hmm. and then they can't report it because they're missing like the puzzle piece. Yeah. And I say like, well, as a writer, I'll just steal it because I can make up that yeah. like final puzzle piece. Exactly. But journalists have to be very removed from the stories they're reporting. Yeah, and Superman can't say that Superman is, or Clark Kent can't say that Superman is a, a, a resource that he's going to. Right. Like, he can't overhear what Super hearing and then report on it. He has to prove it with earthly means, and that must be infinitely frustrating. Yeah, but but he can then run out of the office and fix it. Yeah, yeah. Which is antithetical to journalism. Yes, yes. Um, so I think that's a really interesting way to explore. Like, that's a weird, he's, he's not a good journalist because he intervenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a really interesting part of him that he that's why he's not a great journalist because he has to put himself into the story whether he, he has to ca- occasionally let bad things happen too because like Superman can immediately small term fix stuff but if Clark Kent uncovers corruption and writes an exposé about it right. he can put an end to it um but like how do you let things happen that you know are negative right that's an insane problem that i've never seen addressed with the character in my entire life yes and like we're in such an era right now that we just need this guy like the idea of truth versus fake news yes you know like that's the first thing that he fights for and like what is truth now that's insane justice like we see that depending on the color of your skin you get a different kind of justice in america that's insane yeah you said what is the american way what is the American yeah. way? Like, oh my God, there's never been a more relevant time for this guy to be awesome. Like, I wish that we had Siegel and Schuster around still to comment on, like, modern day stuff. We get people online that are so nervous about Superman being, like, a social justice warrior. And you see that's, him fighting every, Hitler. Every comic is a social... Like, that's what they were all trying to do. That's like, what... Superheroes, let's just stop saying superheroes and say social justice warriors yeah, from now on. Yeah, it rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, I think something about, like, Jewish identity in America that is unique and different is that... You can change your last name and present as white. Yes. Yeah. You can be, you know, Jacob Kurtzenberg and then change, oh, just Jack Kirby. He's a white dude. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Because, but you always know inside you're Jewish and you're seeing the world through, you know, an outsider's eyes while you're sort of can sneak into the, you know, white Protestant world. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the idea that like you can see the world differently and then. Hyden is sort of why a lot of the comic book characters have those ident- secret identities. Yeah, like s- superhero comics, it is it's a Jewish culture, and like that other p- people are allowed to play in, which is really nice. But it was everything that we think of as comics and superheroes were established by Jewish guys. Yeah, like Will Eisner creating the graphic novel, uh, you know, Jack Kirby, uh, uh, Stan Lee, Siegel and Schuster, and everybody like everybody cool who created like Marvel and DC. They're all Jewish guys. Yeah, you see like anti-Semitic comic fans on Twitter and shit now? And like, how is that even possible? You know? uh, uh, Frank Miller. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a Jewish guy too. Yeah, but yeah, the weird fashy elements of it. <sighs> yeah, it's so interesting, man. I'm really excited that you like attach to the character this way. I've never had anybody talk about this with me on the podcast before. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I think, and there's like a lot of like, the, the clearest connection from like Jewish literature is the concept of the golem. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I mean, later on, like, the thing is literally the golem. Yeah, yeah. But it was sort of this ancient mixture of, like, religion and ingenuity where this rabbi uh, in the 1800s in, like, Europe, the town was being attacked by Russians for, uh, for during, like, the pogroms and these different attacks. And he literally builds this man out of clay, mm-hmm. which is very, you know, Adam and Eve. Yeah. And he's this huge sort of rock dude who protects 
society. And he on his forehead he draws um, a special character. Yes, that that is the what is it? It's the so word. it's the Hebrew word for emet, okay. which means uh, truth. Okay. Oh, oh there uh, we go. Oh, amazing. My mind, smoke's pouring out of my ears yeah. right now. And it, and it animates the golem. Right. And he protects this village of, of Jewish people, right? Yeah, but the point is that uh, power can be all corrupting and power, especially not divinely created power. Mm-hmm. When man creates it, man can go, like, you can, too much power is bad. Mm-hmm. So there's this fall safe, which is that if he ever starts to attack too much, you erase the first letter on his hand and mm-hmm. it changes the word from emet which means truth to met, which means death. Oh, okay. And that's like to sort of like shut him down. Is that like apocryphal that story, or is it actually it's, in it's, text? Uh, no, it's 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 not in the Bible. It's okay. a, like a folklore thing. Okay, that's really cool. I've heard that before, but never like uh, th- that the word had to let you erase the first letter. And yeah, it death. That's really interesting. It's like this cool way of like erasing it. And like uh, one of my plays, it's a time travel play, mm-hmm. and so the name of the play is Ravel. Okay, and the way it's called that because he finds this time machine. That just says travel on it. Mm-hmm. And he literally alludes to it, the golem in the play mm-hmm. and the thing. But, <laughs> cool, cool. Can I read that? Yeah, go ahead. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> but that, the, I sort of took that concept. So the word is that in order to turn on the time machine, you have to press the word T, mm-hmm. which covers up the letter T. So you just see ravel. Mm-hmm. And the word ravel is the opposite of unravel. Mm-hmm. So it basically means to like screw things up and to completely fray everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what time travel is about. That's cool. So it's sort of like, oh, I took this thing and then made it into a modern version. Of I it. love that. I love that, man. That's awesome. So you did what all these guys did creating superheroes. Yes. Even the idea of like creating a, a built-in weakness is very superhero-y. Yes. It's like having a kryptonite or something. And I mean, t- sometimes I think that's, oh, you're a Jew. We figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. And, you know, I think it's that lingering self-doubt is most usually the weakness. It's the part where you want to hide yourself. And sure. being revealed as yourself in a different light, that's usually, like, Superman's literally a different light mm-hmm. makes him weak. Yeah, yeah. Is sort of that narrative thing of, this is the thing I feel self-conscious about myself. Sure, sure. Is usually your weakness. Is there, like, an inherent sort of self-deprecating modesty, do you think, in, in Jewish masculinity? Uh, yes. That is present in Clark Kent, too? Well, I mean... I don't want to talk about Woody Allen right now because that's a whole different conversation. But sure. Philip Roth, there is this image of Jewish men feeling very demasculated, mm-hmm. um, very repressed. And it's I think it's because very religious Jews, men are not supposed to work. Men are supposed to study and be scholars and their wives are supposed to pay for it. Oh, I had no idea that was an yeah. uh, element of culture. Um, so what, explain that to me again. So like the so women are like the the, the earners. In yeah, the, they the like household. they clean. They do other now. They'll they'll clean. They'll do other things. But the men are supposed to be the head of the community mm-hmm. and study all day, but not working at all. No. So who, how does that work in society? It was sort of like a society thing where like you do that and then you had a job on the side. But that when it was a Jewish community, it was just sort of you did all of that and then the jobs that white people let you do. Okay, I um, gotcha. So like a lot of the jobs that Jewish people are attributed to and it's like oh the jewish conspiracy that they control everything <laughs> is mostly because a lot of it was that in the middle ages jews couldn't jews were the only ones to allow to bank okay like the uh the well god i can't think of it right now the shakespeare play um venice why can't i if it was a comic book i would have told you yeah like, uh, 10 minutes ago it's okay keep, oh keep man i'm so embarrassed we'll edit it in yes thank you <laughs> uh the Merchant of Venice. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Yeah, give <laughs> me a second. Uh, it's literally about the fact that Jews were the only ones that could 
do banking because technically uh, charging interest was against Christian values. Oh. But Jews could do that because they were not Christians. Like f- like for their Christian bosses? Yes. So they That's were okay. so infinitely funny. It was okay funny. if the Jews sinned. Oh, my God. So a lot of those jobs that Christians couldn't do, they yeah. gave to Jews, but then they're like, <laughs> okay, so we'll bank. Read benefits from Yeah. Um, but what I, a sort of interpretation I take a lot from it is that the Old Testament, I, I, I shouldn't even be calling it the Old Testament because it implies that the New Testament is as valid. I like to as call a it Jew. It's the pre-crisis testament. Yes, it's. it's <laughs> I always joke that like uh, the New Jesus is like the cool retcon sequel, where it's like yeah. God isn't as mean. He's a much cooler, dude. Yeah, he's Kyle Rayner. To, yeah, he's <laughs> not Hell Jordan. Yeah, but that all of the you know Jewish figures argue with God. Mm-hmm. God tells them to do something, and they're like, "Seriously, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to kill my son. Like, this is kind of screwed up." That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like Moses gets mad and like hits a rock, and that's why he can't go to the promised land. So interesting. I'm thinking of like Will Eisner illustrations of just guys like shaking their fist at the heavens. That's, yeah, yeah. That's all of the. That's every Bible story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Noah's like, "Why do I have to build this boat? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Seems a little much." <laughs> yeah. Like, and why me? Why are you making me do this? Yeah, yeah. There, you could have picked anybody. Mm-hmm. Why me? And God just like, because I told you to. Mm-hmm. So I think that superhero thing of why me? Why do I have these powers? Like The reluctant the, hero exactly. stuff in the Campbell journey. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Interesting. Oh, it's so cool. Like, why are we the chosen people? Why are we the ones who have to be just as opposed to everybody All else? this responsibility that comes with this power. It's Yeah, it's very, every, like, Peter Parker has that too, also created by two Jewish guys. Yes. That's so interesting. Uh, and... The thing is that, like, Judaism is one of the rare religions that does not proselytize. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go around asking more people to be Jewish. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it's very hard to convert to Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, versus every religion is like, we want you to be Christian. Versus Jews take on this thing like, we are the chosen people. We got to be this small little pocket. We don't want to get bigger. Sure, sure. So it's like that separation where you feel different than everyone around you. I gotcha. Is very superhero key. Yeah, yeah. I guess even with Kryptonians too, where there aren't that very that many of them, and it's a very like bonding thing. Yeah, they're flying it from Europe and then just stuck on in the U.S. Okay, I'm gonna quick go read the Talmud real fast. Sure. And we'll be right back. Yeah, like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, oh my God, you passed me the coolest thing during the break. Th- uh, you wrote this for your thesis in college? No, not even that. It was fr- my my freshman intro writing class. You were was, the coolest person I know. Read this title. It, it was so the class was images of Jewish masculinity. Uh, so my final paper, which I did really well on, I'll, I'll give myself that, is uh, Kalel and the Voice of God: Jewish Men and Masculinity in Metropolis. That is the coolest title for anything ever. Can can I make this? Can I make this available for the listeners to read? Can I like rewrite? It? I have not read this in in ten years, but yes, yes. I will. Yes, that's ah, oh, I'm so excited. If All they right. want to read like a freshman like English intro course is uh, essay, the more than welcome. To There's it. a couple of nerds, myself included, yes. who want to do that more than anything else. So I'm gonna bully you and let me put it online. Let's so talk. Okay, break it down for me. What? Oh, I mean, I think, I, think I kind of covered most of it. Let me, uh, so, but this class was about masculinity. In, in Jewish Yes, culture. and so a lot of that was sort of the history of, and I think it was a really interesting class because I think um, clearly, and not this is a whole other conversation, of there needs to be more women in media and art and the feminine understanding of writing. And what was cool about this class was that understanding what masculinity is is a really important thing because yes. it's not broken down enough. Yes. And the idea of man being weak or struggling and that being okay and that 
deconstructing that is equally as valid. Yes, and the role of what a man, uh, what a man's role is in society isn't addressed at all anymore culturally like it drives me insane that like you can't have it both ways you can't get all the benefits of being a man and then not have the responsibility like we're talking about yeah if someone's like harassing a woman on the street and you don't do anything then you don't get to earn the perks of being a man yes like that you get so much because you have to also give so much like it's just it's insane that we don't treat masculinity as this like responsibility yeah and it's like i was like it felt weird to like take a class on like I should be understanding the other perspective. But like, oh, no, this is about breaking down my own stuff, which is equally as valid. Yeah. Feminism, which is the thing that branches off into all of this, yeah. is just the idea that we're talking about this and working together as a community. And like, if men handle their stuff and women handle their stuff and we come together and work together, that's the ideal society. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm just going through to see if there's anything that I like forgot to bring in. No, I think I mostly just stole all of the stuff to talk about. That's excellent. Like that. That's yeah. excellent. So, what, other icons did folks dissect in that class? Do you know? Uh, gee, I think like 10 years ago, I'm trying to remember. But like a lot of them focused on like traditional stuff out of the, the, the Bible. Sure. Breaking sure. those figures down. I and, love that you chose Superman. Then. That makes me so happy. You're one of us. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, like, the thing is literally Jewish mm-hmm. in the comics. Like, he has a bar mitzvah, which is yeah. the funniest issue ever. Can you ever. please tell us about that? Because the idea. So tell us what a bar mitzvah is, first of all, of course. for listeners who don't know. Uh, so the bar mitzvah is that traditionally a man who is, a, when a boy turns 13, he is now considered a man. Mm-hmm. Um, in Judaism, in order to have a congregation, you need to have a certain number of people around. Mm-hmm. It's the boy now being old enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is that when you're 13, you, become a, you do a recital, you become a man in society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's slowly devolved into kid does really short service and then has a huge party for all of his friends <laughs> i uh, love that there's a thing my in culture team my team you. was japan in anime that's amazing uh which is like a whole other thing i think every culture that is healthy has that sort of thing for boys where you, there's a, a a ritual where you send to manhood and there's the understanding that there's a lot of stuff that comes with that where yes. you, you get stuff but you also have to do stuff for yes. it and i think that the reason we're failing as a culture right now men like we're acting like just monsters is because we've g- given that away we've, we're not engaging in that ritual anymore yeah and, and, like, and we leaned into the party part afterwards and not the, <laughs> not the responsibility part before not the like here's how to take care of business here's is what a man is like kind of stuff yeah i don't know like high school should really just teach here's how banking works like here's how to write a check and do your invoices here's that's... how to here's how to talk to a woman yes and like there's no boy that doesn't want to know how to talk to a woman like oh my god even the most popular thing in the yes. world here's how to solve an argument without having to hit your friend or get hit by your friend yes like here's how to like here's how to not emotionally react to criticism you wuss by throwing a punch like here's how to just be a man and take an insult and I like think this not is why care all of my friends at high school were pretty much girls like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing, and I love that there's uh, Judaism had that built into it of like here's yeah. a man. It's I mean, awesome. like, like quinceañeras are the same sort yes, of idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I think I hope I hope I pronounce that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's these cultural rituals that are so important, and we scoff at as modern people, and then society crumbles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think we forget the importance of what they mean as opposed to it's oh it's a party. Yeah. Oh, I get a, I get a check from yeah. my grandpa. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the funny thing is that traditionally. The idea is that after you live, it's like my grandfather, when he turned 83, mm-hmm. traditionally the idea was that a Jewish, a regular man that was not living to 120 as all the forefathers did, mm-hmm. 70 was like an expected lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so after he turned 70 and then became 83, the rabbi said, oh, you can get a second bar mitzvah. Which is such an interesting idea because yeah. it's like a second life. 
And it was great because this was a man who lost his family during the Holocaust mm-hmm. and had built up this whole family to have this celebration for him when he turned 83 to have this second co- connection to society was yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess I, I wrote down who wrote that, that uh, thing issue of Fantastic Four. The rabbi tells him that now that he's been the thing for 13 years, mm-hmm. he can now have a... His, Another bar mitzvah. He didn't have a first one. Yeah, yeah. But now that he's been the thing for 13 years, he can have his bar mitzvah As now. a superhero. It's yeah. So cool. <laughs> but then, like, he goes, like, gambles with all the other superheroes afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it's just this, like, funny thing where it's, like, this weird metatextual thing where he's, like, literally looks like the golem. Yeah, yeah. Is now just hanging out. That's so awesome. And I, it's actually really, I think this is a commentary of it, which is that basically um, in this issue of Fantastic Four, it's, I wrote this down. If anyone wants to look it up, it is uh, number 56, volume three. Okay. Um, the story is about uh, the thing going to his old neighborhood in New York City. Mm-hmm. And there's this old man who owns a Judaica shop, like a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, try- like reteaching him about his like Jewish lineage and mm-hmm. coming back to the community. And then the thing comes in one day and the guy's been beat up by a supervillain. Ugh. And has like a heart attack oh. and is out in the street and the thing is able to save him. Awesome. And what I realized while I was researching this is um, that's how uh, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, one of the boys who wrote Superman. Dad. His dad. Dad died. died. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I can remember which one. I want to check it down. But yeah, that his mm-hmm. dad got robbed had a heart attack, and his son was not able to save him. Yeah, and that's a lot of the Superman power fantasy right. is what if you could save your dad. Yeah. So I feel like the fact that he, this guy wrote this issue about like a Jewish character and literally made this commentary, I think it's like a direct illusion. I, I agree, yeah. Of the superhero was able to then save. Yeah. That's always how Jonathan Kent dies, too. Yeah. You know, it's an incarnation of Superman. It's always a, a heart attack, too, because that's how his, his dad Yeah, died. it's not the violence of it, but it's the reaction to the violence. Yeah, it's almost the heartbreaking yes. that I live in a society that this would happen to me. Right. And Superman goes about just to correct that society. Yeah, which I think yeah. is an important thing. It's not reacting to violence. It's reacting to that someone was so destroyed by society as a general. That's also how Batman's mom died. Martha broke, died of a broken heart. Yes. It was that his, his dad got shot, and then she had a heart attack in response to watching that happen. And she also had the same name as uh, Martha. <laughs> oh, it's like that would be a cool thing to real. Like, I didn't realize that. It's like a cool note. They're like, oh, they both have the same name. I wouldn't write an entire movie about it. <laughs> Listen, that's why you didn't make the millions of dollars. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, but yeah, no. Like, there's there's a lot of cool. And again, like, I think the point of this is that like. It's good because any immigrant can put themselves on top of it. And in America, uh, 99% of people are immigrants. Yes. So, yeah, unless you're a native person, you're an immigrant in, in this country. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually really interesting because, like, the whole comic book industry faced a ton of trouble in, like, the 40s and 50s going forward because there was this idea that comic books were subversive, mm-hmm. that they were trying to, like, Jewish and communist ideas were, like, trying to, like, trick children into accepting yeah. each other god god forbid i'm always so interested in that coded language where, where they're like it's a corruptive influence you could like just say jew just yeah. come out and say jew we have like i'm i'm a straight edge person and like in the community that i grew up in tucson that was always like they would say like thug and drug pusher and drug like meaning like a brown person yes and i was like oh like i know what you're saying and you're like kind of dancing around this issue and every culture has that like way to be like i'm not racist but yes like, Sneaky, yeah, yeah, you are. yeah uh yeah 
Uh, for some reason, Brock was called uh, uppity a lot, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Never mm. got that. And yeah, a shrill is also a. Yeah. Well, only one gender is ever referred to yeah, as yeah. shrill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bitchy. Yeah, yes. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and I think it's a uh, the comic book connection is really cool. Where it's you know, I mean, X Men is another example where it's. X-Men, I feel like X-Men is, to me, when I read it, it's a purely anti-Semitic thing. It's a sem- it's Jews being attacked as a minority. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor X is uh, the much more, uh, we can be ourselves, but amongst a better society. Mm-hmm. That is the idea of Jewish assimilation in America. Sure, sure. You can be an American and a Jew together. Yeah, yeah. Versus Magneto is they'll never accept us. Yeah. We have to build our own place. Yeah, that's pretty Israel. powerful. Yeah. 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 But uh, to me, I read that as like, oh, yeah, this is clearly about Judaism. But then you can go, oh, wait, no, this can also be Malcolm X, Malcolm X and, 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 and MLK. Of, yeah. Do we rebel and be, create our own society or do we try and assimilate and fix this one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's the that's why comics are so good because you can read all these different versions into it. Yeah. There, there's an extra Jewish element with the X-Men, too, where they can sort of pass. Yes, exactly. And that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, where they, so some of them can, and some of them can't, and mm-hmm. that's the, how do you protect the ones who can't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah, this whole culture is informed by, by Jewish culture, and that's really, uh, we have a lot to, we're in but, debt. We, we don't control the media. <laughs> uh, if we did, I, I wouldn't be doing podcasts. That's That'd why be a I had much better job. Here. I was going to yeah. ask for a gig, man. Oh, you, you I can help. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think, like, that is the question of, like, why do Jews end up being in these positions? And I think there is, like, that weird introspective part of ourselves. And also, we can't be in these other positions because institutional anti-Semitism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I think having just a cool perspective of, of like, being half in and half out. Like, yeah. you said, you're, like, kind of white, but kind of not. Yeah. And that's an interesting space to occupy. Like, someone might, like, start talking about, like, immigrants to you. Yeah. And then not know that your family experience is, like, a bunch of immigrants. Exactly. Like, like it's really interesting to hold that spot in society. And I, I do want to, like, make sure I, like, keep this in perspective, which is that I am an Ashkenazi Jew. Oh, what? Which, Ashkenazi, What's which that? is basically Jews coming from Eastern Europe, uh, which is the majority of American Jews. But I want to make sure that there's, there is other perspectives of mm-hmm. Sephardic Jews, which are Jews from Spain and South Europe, mm-hmm. who present as Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so they face a different kind of reaction. So like Jews, yeah. I, I, I have to remind myself sometimes that like the Jewish reaction, I'm a white Jew. There are more Middle Eastern Jews. There are Spanish Jews that... Mm-hmm face different things yeah, yeah. so i i, I, I want to make sure like that judaism is like i'm as an ashkenazi jew who came at a certain time it's a very different experience with different kinds of jews but yeah, yeah. in general there is a shared thing but i want to bring up that there is you know issues with race relations within the jewish community which mm-hmm. are an issue yeah which yeah. is frustrating because like we're supposed to be better at this <laughs> like we know the bad problems with this like so yeah yeah Jews are not perfect. We're not great. It's just I think any like minority group, which I hate that word, like not group, but yeah. <laughs> but like you're sort of looked at as a spokesperson for your entire community. Of course, yes. like all right, speak for all women now. Just start doing like it, that's it's such a pressure. And uh, yeah, it's like when you're talking to somebody who's outside the community, you defend it. Yeah, but then when you're talking with people within the community, you just criticize it. Yeah, yeah. Like no, no one else can know we said this. Yeah, yeah. And even Superman sort of has that where he answers for the crimes of all of Krypton all yeah. the time. Like whenever any villains talk to him, they're like, well, your dad created the Phantom Zone and like your culture did this and this and this. And he's like, I don't, I didn't, like I, I live in Metropolis and I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you have to be the symbol of your people all the time. It's so 
taxing. And he also has the demand of why didn't you why did you save this person and not this person? Yeah, from yeah. the other side. So he's got he, there's no middle ground. So as an adult, uh, you got really interested in the Superman. As a kid, you were in the Batman. I was and Batman, an adult... and then I was Pokemon, and then I actually most of my teenage years I was really like anime and manga. That was like my thing. That's cool. That's um, cool. and then sort of coming back around, I sort of was able to view comic books as their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of cool stuff, I started reading like Harvey Picar and all of these other cool, in, you know, perspectives and sort of came around. And I'm like, okay, superheroes can be their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the movement towards of giving them their own sort of like short stories of here's a beginning, here's an end mm-hmm. made it a little bit easier for me to get back into. Sure. Sure. As opposed to like the ongoing yeah, narrative. When you come into something as, you know, a 12 or 13 year old and you're like, where do I start? And there's just the nerd uh, nerd fandom has its own issues. Sure. Being that like, uh, well, you got to read this, and you you're not a real fan unless you read these things. Yeah, was always like why I couldn't get into it. It was like, yeah, where yeah. do I start? Versus like anime manga was just really starting to become really popular. I guess like 2002, 2003. Yeah, yeah. You felt like you were on the ground floor of everything. And Dragon Ball never crosses over with Sailor Moon. Like, you can just read one title and there's no epic crossover exactly. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, like, digging to find stuff, but everyone was sort of new to it, as opposed to 40 years of sure, sure. stuff to keep up with. It's funny, comics culture is its own community where, like, we defend it to outsiders, and then within, you're like, are you Marvel or DC? Are yeah. you Superman or Batman? Are you this or this? Well, yeah, I think, I think like, that is the... I think, like, there is something to... I feel like there is more introspection on the Marvel side of being a superhero. Really? Well, because I think, like, I think maybe that's, is that, like, I feel like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman are more like these, like, Greek gods where they have their foibles, but they are ultimately, like, these figures that that have to continue existing. Versus Marvel characters can come in and out of popular, but they're just, they're all sort of much smaller scale. Hmm. I think that... There's power to both of them, but to me, they're always more like DC are more mythic and superheroes than Marvel is much more on the ground stuff. That's funny. Whenever I talk about Marvel heroes, I refer to them by the superhero persona. Whenever I talk about DC characters, I'm always saying Blue Their Bruce names. and Clark and Diana. Yeah. I always see them as human beings more than more than superheroes. And like, I, there's no Marvel book for me that I would read once a year. There's yeah. no like Dark well, Knight Returns. Of there's no Superman Birthright over like at Marvel. I, there's well, that's what I'm, is that, there, is that they are like the, these texts that are testaments to them. Sure, sure. But the idea of just like, oh, Batman hanging out doesn't work versus the other characters of Marvel hanging out together works. Yeah, you don't see the Justice League getting shawarma together. Exactly. I understand that. That's interesting. Which is neither good nor bad. It's just a different, to me, it's always like a very different vibe. Sure, sure. So you mentioned how Judaism affects your work, like the, the time travel story. Yeah. Do comic books affect your work? Or like the stuff that you were into as a kid when oh, you were in to- anime yeah, and manga? Totally. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think, um, for me, I'm trying to think, but like, I mean, everything influences you mm-hmm. all the time. Um, I'm going to steal this because it's a really cool quote and I'm not, I'm not going to do it justice, but I saw Guillermo del Toro speak at a event once. Cool. And what he basically said was that you think as a writer, you have to come out of things that writers come out of things by themselves, mm-hmm. that they are these just things that. You know, from Zeus, these stories came out. Sure, sure. And he's like, it's not that. It's more like a fairy tale where you walk around a forest and you just pick up things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's an acorn. Mm-hmm. Here's a piece of string. Um, here's a button. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why you're picking them up. They're just cool things to pick up. Mm-hmm. 
And then halfway through the forest, you run into a goblin. Mm-hmm. And in order for the goblin to get you past, you need to give him the button. Sure, sure. <laughs> and in order to pass the broken bridge, you need the string. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what storytelling is, is that you live your life picking up all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to regurgitate it, you need to translate all the stuff that you know into a new thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's storytelling. That's so cool. I like that a lot. And for me, it was like, I can't write anything because I can't think of anything that's not based off of something I've already read Yeah. or experienced. It's like, no, you just have to take all the stuff that you know and transmute it into something new and different. Yeah, the way that's, that Siegel and Schuster did. That's yeah. all stories is taking stuff and then just rewriting it. Taking the legend of the golem exactly. and then putting a cape on him. Yes. I love that. So for me, it's like, yeah, all of the things that I read and experienced inform that. And mm-hmm. the, I think one of the things that, when I heard him say that, I like, was the thing I needed to hear to start writing. Sure. It's like, I can't come up with anything completely original. Nothing's completely original. Yeah. All and that there's power in that. I love being a part of a continuity of hum- of humanity. Yeah. Not a continuity in a comic book sense, but a continuity of human beings that we're carrying these stories forward. Like, the Superman story should never die. It is so important to culture right. that it should be going on forever, long after we're all dead. And I hope people keep retelling it and retelling it and retelling yeah. it because it, it, it should only get better and it'll only help us more and more. And it's the same thing with Judaism, obviously. Yes. These, are, these are amazingly powerful stories that humanity can't forget. And when you forget... Uh, we see what happens. We're talking about like masculinity degrading. Yeah. Like there's consequences for for losing these things that are so useful. And and the struggle with them, it's not is that you need to recognize the struggle with it. Mm-hmm. That it's like there is a power to Superman doing all these things, but the fact that it's hard mm-hmm. is what makes it more inspirational. Not that he just does these things because he's good. It's the I can't. I forgot my girlfriend's birthday. Is the <laughs> is as equally as important as saving the world. That yeah. He, he has an introspection is important. Yeah, yeah, that humanity to it. It's really cool. Speaking of humanity, you're an amazing person. I'm really happy oh, you came on you. today. This is excellent. One of my favorite podcasts we've done so far. Oh, this awesome. Is really thank you. cool. I'll say that on air. I don't care. This is amazing. Uh, if people want to uh, engage your work and read what you've done and talk to you, where can they find you online? Uh, basically, everything is at Alex Wallinet. I try and keep it simple. You mind spelling it for me? Yes, of course. It's W O L I N. E-T-Z. And Alex, just A-L-E-X. Uh, just A-L-E-X, yeah, regular spelling. So that you're on, like, Twitter and all that Twitter, jazz. Facebook, Instagram. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to read my stuff and you can't find it, email me. You can probably figure out what it is if all of my stuff is Alex Molinets. <laughs> we'll and post- I'm on a very popular email account. You yeah. can reach out to me and I'll send you stuff. If you cool, want to cool. It. And we'll post some stuff on the actual website, yes, too, if you're cool with that. This is amazing. I'm looking forward to all of your upcoming comics and plays and TV shows. And I'm, and... In, I'm excited for yours as well. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, man. Until next time, everybody. Up, up, and away. Woo! Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.